13 minutes it is after 7 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. Joined in studio by the uh, Chief Executive Officer out uh, here at the SABC. Uh, CEO Matotamtakwe is my guest. We're going to talk about the annual report they presented uh, just over a week ago uh, in Parliament, tabled on the 3rd of October. Uh, but also, I guess, uh, get some of his reflections on uh, the latest coming out of the Select Committee as well. And uh, what uh, certainly was uh, a bit unfortunate earlier on today, that um, they could not get their final report from the outgoing board uh, whose term ends uh, over the next few days or so. But uh, join me in welcoming uh, the CEO, CEO, Maskwam Gele. Uh, welcome to Metro FM Talk. Thank you. And you have bound just pull up, pull up, Okay, all right, all right. So we must establish that you have now joined the hot seat. Um, and I want us maybe just see, oh, before we start in the nuts and bolts of the annual report, mm. to just get your reflection on what happened at the Select Committee on Public Enterprises and um, Communications and Digital Technology earlier on today. Because, as I think the portfolio chair, as Oranim Kiva was saying, it's quite unfortunate that this board, current board of which you are a part, has not had an opportunity now, I guess, to say its swan song, give its report on the turnaround, which is a mandate that it was given, largely to a concern by MPs that the political principles were not there. Just your thoughts. Yeah, look, I, th- I think for us um, is we had submitted the turnaround plan mm. as requested by the committee. Uh, we were ready to present. And I gather that there would also be another opportunity where we can come mm. and present uh, the said report. Uh, in terms of the report from the board, uh, as you know, the handover report would be presented to the incoming board, mm. uh, not to any committee. So, so yeah. Yeah, okay. No, that's certainly one I guess we'll look at. But let's maybe just go into some of the developments over the last while. Uh, and your own assessment, because a lot of the numbers we're going to talk about and some of what's in your annual report is also an outcome of the environment within which you've been operating. You've lost a lot of viewers and listeners. Um, there are still many challenges in, you know, some of your collections insofar as licenses are concerned. And we'll come back to that. But just your thoughts about where the world of broadcasting is. And of course, some of the top line revenue drivers that you would have, license fees, sponsorships and ad revenue, how that environment is influencing those. Look, it's a very constrained environment, um, uh, particularly if you look at where we are at a national level. Mm. Uh, all of the blackouts um, necessitated by load shedding, it means that the television screens yeah. are, are literally blank. And it does affect us from a revenue point of mm. view, because remember, all our advertisers and clients have annual commitments uh, to the SABC. And if the adverts... Uh, uh, on the slots that uh, had been targeted and done, mm. it does affect us uh, from an audience point of view. But I do think that uh, despite the constrained economic environment, uh, we have put in place plans uh, that look at uh, dealing with how we can sustain growth mm. uh, in a very constrained environment. And I do think the biggest advantage that we have is when it comes to uh, audience numbers. Uh, we, we have 18 radio stations and um, uh, five television stations. Three mm. of those are free to air. And it does give a broad reach uh, for the over 60 million South Africans. And advertisers work with us because they do know that when it comes to that reach, consistency mm. and the quality uh, of those audience, we are actually able to deliver those. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, the biggest revenue spinner, adverts, 
Um, and then, of course, the second one in importance there is around sponsorship. And I want us let's talk about sponsorship. We'll come back to the ad- advertising revenue. One of the things I was saying to Andile earlier on is that the acquisition of the kind of content, especially in the sports space, mm-hmm. that draws a lot of eyeballs and gets a lot of people listening, is what also gets the sponsorship tally up. Uh, we've seen a massive increase in 2018, 392 million. And uh, now in 2022, 664 million, up from around 355 mm-hmm. million. Uh, what about this particular financial year uh, certainly made you more favorable to many advertisers? I, I think if you go back first to the acquisition of sports rights, you know, the cost there is extremely exorbitant. Um, and I think it does not help us as well because mm. some of our competitors they do acquire these sports rights mm. and they they procure both the private as well as the ones that are aimed for free to air mm. and when they on sell these to us it's at exorbitant prices so who sets the price maybe just explain this market for the benefit of be us so that's thing i understand you know it would yeah. be the rights holders but as a public broadcaster remember again mm. we are supposed to broadcast sports of uh, national interest yes this is what we call the unfunded public mandate because mm. year on year we're spending close to about 1.5, 1.8 billion uh, in terms of ensuring that uh, we fulfill the public mandate. So in football, SAFA is the right holder. Correct. They sell both free-to-air and private rights, which are sometimes bought by the you know pay channels, mm. um, effectively squeezing you out, and you have to buy those rights. Correct. Because in the we, secondary market, we have a public mandate to ensure that we broadcast. Uh, the sports of national interest. So, and there's no public-to-public discussion? It's, it's extremely unfair. I mean, this is one of the reasons why we have now approached uh, the Competitions Commission mm. to look at this uh, uncompetitive market, uh, mm. particularly for the broadcaster. I think the, additionally, it, we're constrained by the legislation and regulations. Mm. Um, if you look at uh, the, the preconditions, for example, if, if you look at the license conditions of ICASA, the need to generate more revenue, mm. and all of the inhibitions that come with uh, uh, being an SOE mm. and wanting to compete in this space, it's just difficult. Yeah. On the advertising side of things, you things aren't looking too good there. Um, I must say, although you know there's been an improvement in the revenue seen as a whole uh, over the last while, you're on 4.97 uh, billion last year, just over 5 billion now, but nowhere near um, the 6 billion rand territory that uh, was seen in 2018 and 2019. And a big part of that has to do with a, a massive decline, nearly cl- shy on 2 billion of a decline if one compares the 2018 figure to the 2022 number um, insofar as your advertising revenue is concerned. What, what has happened there? You, you have to look at it uh, within a context. You mm. know, we, we inherited an organization that was hollowed out. Mm-hmm and systematically collapsed. You know, whether you're talking about governance processes Mm. or sound business fundamentals, those were thrown out of the window. And we developed a turnaround plan which effectively had three integrated phases. The first phase was to stabilize the organization, Mm. put the business fundamentals in place, deal with the issues of uh, governance legacy, uh, ensure that we put the required values and entrench the required behaviors and values within uh, the various employees. The second phase is what we call business transformation, where Mm. we introduced a new target operating model, new structures to support that. But very importantly, 
revenue models that can help us to accelerate the growth of revenue. Mm. Now, See, okay. if you look at year on year, mm. I'm coming back to the point sure. you're making there. Year on year, because when you turn around an organization, mm. it's not an overnight thing. You need to look at the broad environment. You will notice that the net losses in 2017 were over a billion. The following year, it was just over 800, and then it went to 500. And now we're sitting at about 201 million net loss. And of that, about 75% is attributable to the acquisition of the Olympics, again, mm. which is a public mandate obligation. So if it were not for that, would have been closer to either break even or even profitable mode. Mm. Linked to that, you would see that the revenue is up by about 2%. Uh, in value, it's about 90 million. And, and, and really, it's, it, for me, all of the business indicators are showing improvement. Then you come to the very important part about the audience growth. Again, when we joined the SABC in July uh, with the new executive in 2018, we had an exemption from the uh, Auditor General uh, to ensure that we can be able to mm. procure content speedily, uh, competitively, and uh, also when it comes to quick turnaround times. Since July 2018 up until March 2022, we have not had an exemption. As a result, it impacted our ability in terms of speed to market, mm. acquiring compelling content that South Africans need that would resonate with, resonate with our audiences. So th these are some of the challenges that we have. But we are a team that believes at a leadership level, you acquire both assets and liabilities. Mm. We have been able to maneuver within that constrained environment because when you run an SOE, I'll, I'll give you an example, a competitor would meet a Ngokai Tobi who comes and says, I would want to have my book uh, converted into a documentary. Mm. If they like it, they would make sure that they do it on the spot. With us, it would take us, if we're very lucky, close to about seven to eight months because it needs to go through the various processes. Mm. No producer would want to wait for you because they want mm. to ensure that this thing can be turned around quickly. So, so there's no case that is, you know, even to the likes of the AG or the Office of the Chief Procurement Officer to say, hey, you know what? We operate in an environment where we're expected to compete with people who have much more agile approval processes than what we have. Is, the, is that discussion happening at all, even with, uh, I guess, the political representatives at the DCDT? It has happened. And, and fortunately, we have been able, through the uh, push from the minister, to mm. get an exemption, which is only for 12 months. We sure. got this in April. And it has helped us because if you watch some of our channels, S1, S2, mm. and S3, you would see that we've been able to acquire fresh, new, compelling. And these uh, properties are doing extremely well uh, from an audience rating point mm. of view. Mm. The second layer now is to make sure that from a brand building point of view, we invest quite heavily behind mm. our brands. Yeah. And and this is the process that we're actually going through as an organization. Mm. You know, I, I want to come back, CEO, to, to this revenue issue so that we put it to bed and maybe come to, to some of the other elements. Um, you know, you've also seen some declines in f fruitless and irregular and wasteful expenditure. But if I look at the numbers, um, the levels with which we are at now in 2016, uh, where advertising revenue is just over $3 billion. In 2017, 
that was around 5.6 billion. Um, and I'm interested in whether or not something is happening in the demand side of the market. So the people who are actually spending mm-hmm. on television and on radio and some of the terrestrial platforms we have, what is changing there? And then I think the other dynamic, of course, is if I look in the same year, around 915 million made from uh, TV licenses down from around 986 mm. in 2016. Um, we are nowhere near those levels. We're yeah. shy of 800 million. Should we be collecting in a different way? I mean, we have an office next door here. Mm. I never see anybody going in there. Mm. The, 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 the biggest issue and, and the biggest issue when it comes to advertising revenue mm. is that it's shifting towards digital platforms. Sure. Uh, we have not been able, in fact, we're in the process of acquiring our own OTT platform, which is going to be able to help us. Most of the advertisers and clients are migrating towards digital platforms where about 20, sometimes 40% of the mm. revenue uh, is actually spent there. Mm. So, so their commitment and the budgets uh, is largely going to the OTT platforms, which sure. we're actually getting into. In terms of the TV licenses, uh, indeed, the biggest issue there is lack of compliance. Mm. You know, if, if you look at uh, the BBC, it's yeah. largely funded uh, by, through those means. Mm. And, and it's because the population would want to comply and there's pride in saying that mm. there is a public mandate that is being... H- how do they collect there? In, they in collect the in the same, the same way. way. It's, 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 it's citizens who are committed in doing that. I mean, if you look uh, at, at our case, the default rate mm. in our country is over about 81%. But see, oh, as I was saying to Andil, all of the very rich people who listen to this show, Nazajum Zegel, mm. buy smart TVs. Smart TVs can be encrypted. Ikasa can say, until you meet your obligation to the public broadcaster, we can see you must register just like we register for Rika. Mm-hmm. And if you are not seen to have paid in the last while, your smart TV will not be functional. Why are we not collecting in that way? Look, there's many issues that have resulted to the decline. Mm. One is the issue of the reputation that has been in Tatas uh, in the past, uh, I would say, uh, seven, eight years, Mm. uh, owing to where the SABC comes from. Uh, Secondly, TV license payment is still a grudge payment. Mm. People want to ask, why should I really, really pay? So the mindset if you look at the other broadcasters internationally that are funded through TV licenses, mm. it's different when it comes to South Africa. And that is why uh, you would see one of the proposals we put forth in terms of the SABC bill is this household levy sure. uh, so that it can cushion. Because at the end of the day, think about it. Your grandma in Dovugas mm. or Esbeleni mm. or Ekomani, when it comes to ensuring that you have credible information, entertainment, education, it is provided for by, by the, the public SABC. broadcaster. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think we need now to develop a certain sense of national duty to ensuring that we do what is right. Mm, mm. I mean, even during elections, you know, when it comes to elections, we now, I mean, I'm sure you know our, our um, financial model because we get only 3% uh, mm. grant from government. Mm. The rest, we're going to have to go there and, and really generate revenue. Sure, on our own. sure. But essentially what we're providing is a public good. Mm. And, and we're expecting as South Africans to play a role in contributing towards Sure, that. sure, sure. Look, I mean, the other areas which I'm quite interested in hearing your thoughts on, you spoke about the OTT platform. 
You've seen a more than double, I mean, I don't know what percentage this is, from 14 million to 37 million in mobile revenue. I was saying to Andy, that YouTube page, SAPC News, is something else. Mm. Um, talk to me about how you've been able to monetize some of these mobile platforms and why, what accounts between 2021 and 2022, of course, of a lower base. But it's, a, of this it, yeah, size, it's yeah. an extremely low base. Mm. I think w- what we're doing now, you know, we do know that audiences are consuming content differently mm. and using different platforms. And we'll be making announce, an announcement in the next week or so uh, in terms of how we're going to be able uh, to move into that space. Mm. Because for us, it's at two levels when you talk about the need to move to the OTT space. One is universal access, which is in line uh, with our mandate. But secondly, which is even more important, is how do we use these platforms in order to accelerate revenue mm, you know, mm. generation. Yeah. That, that, that is key for us. Just on the expenditure side, I think, I mean, you were making the point earlier on that you're much closer to break-even point and, uh, you know, your losses have been much smaller now than what you've had in the past. Um, and I'm quite interested, I guess, because your cost, employment costs have gone down from around 2.5 billion in 2021 to just shy of 2 billion. Um, and that has certainly made, I guess, you know, the bottom line number probably look a lot better than the loss that you would have seen in the previous financial year. But there are certain stakeholders who certainly have not been happy. Uh, BEMAU, uh, Broadcasting Electronic and Media Workers Union, alongside the Communication Workers Union, um, have issued a statement on Monday saying they are shocked by some of the increases that one can see in the annual report uh, of, uh, you know, some of uh, yourselves in the C-suite. Uh, you know, they mentioned the group exec of human resources, commercial enterprises, GE for audit, GE for legal, um, double digit increases um, in all of those. And they're saying this comes at a time when the SABC has been really asking its workers to shoulder uh, the costs of this transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, you know, expect a zero percent increase. One of the, the two biggest cost drivers uh, on our PNL. Uh, it one it was the uh, the compensation bill mm. the second one was the cost of signal distribution you may recall that yeah. in 2021 march uh, the salary bill contributed to about 40% of the total expenditure for the sabc and we have reduced that it comes now to about 1.5 1.8 billion mm. which is about 28% of the overall uh, expenditure I can categorically state that no executive has had any salary increase. What has happened with those executives that are mentioned there is that they joined the SABC uh, three months into the previous fiscal. For example, with the GE for uh, Human Resources, uh, the fiscal before that, it was 10 months, and the one that is under review it was full 12 months. So that's really what accounts for that variance. Same when it comes to uh, the GE for uh, technology. The GE for sales uh, is part of the sales employees scheme, uh, which focuses on driving revenue growth. And like any organization, there is an incentive scheme. Uh, and, and, and it's across the board within sales. And the last bit, uh, when it comes to uh, Advocate Vanacha, uh, there was a promotion. Uh, he used to be the mm. general manager for legal and then went through the various interviews and due processes. 
uh, to become the group executive for legal and regulatory. Mm. So those can be explainable, but no one at senior level uh, has received, in fact, no SABC employee in the past two years has received any salary increase. Mm. I must say, though, I mean, within yourselves as executive, significant variance in variable pay. So what is reflected here is checks, expenses, and other allowances. Um, we, we massive mi- dispersion. We, of, we migrated. Uh, yeah. we, we used to have a, a leave dispensation where you'd have 35 leave days per annum. Mm. We reduced that from 35 to 28. And we then created an opportunity for all employees across the board to say, because we're stopping this caching of leave, all employees are actually allowed to sell their leaves mm. so that we can migrate into okay. the new leave dispensation, which is only 28 days. Let's talk about those signal distribution costs uh, and our friends at Centec. What's what's happening? I mean, uh, and more importantly, I think with the transition from you know analog to digital, which itself has been a political hot potato, you might also want to comment on some of what we've seen. We've seen reports of uh, you know uh, a lot of correspondence between yourselves and the minister. Let me maybe use that English. Um, just your thoughts on that. The implication that a tra- full transition of SABC might have on Centec's business model, but also the role of Centec uh, in the expenses side of your income statement. In terms of the income statement, it, it's really negatively impacting us as the SABC, particularly considering that this used to be a business unit within the SABC. Mm, mm. Um, the cost of signal distribution accounts for about just over 12%, which is just exorbitant, close to a billion a year. And we've been engaging because we now need uh, new ways uh, of signal distribution as we transition from analog to digital. Uh, We have had a lot of engagements on this. And uh, unfortunately, we took the step uh, of going again to report this anti-competitive behavior Mm. uh, to the Competitions Commission. Uh, That process is underway and we'll see what the outcome is. How much of that is in the cost structure? It's about 12%, which amounts to close to about, I think, 800. It's huge. It's actually the second uh, biggest cost driver after uh, compensation bill. Mm. Then, you know, South African public gave the SABC 3.2 billion in recapitalization money. Mm -hmm. Um, We understand from the statement you've put out that there's around 917 million remaining of that. Mm -hmm. And that is earmarked for the acquisition of content and CapEx. Talk to me about what the plan is there insofar as the acquisition of content. Uh, And you've already, I guess, spoken at length about the critical role that plays Mm -hmm. in ad and sponsorship revenue. We've been very clear. When it comes to the utilization of the bailout funds, Mm. we had ring-fenced it for three critical things. One was the payment of all outstanding debts, which we did over a year ago. And the two ones that are left is one, it's the acquisition of compelling content that will resonate Mm. with our audiences. And the third one, which is also key, and it's a point that you were referring to earlier, is the procurement of uh, broadcast critical infrastructure Mm. uh, so that we can also be be able to compete uh, favorably with any of... Mr. Ngalenatiman, see you. Now you're born. This thing I don't know I go No, no, I'm a, I'm a tell, I'm a tell the Metro FM listeners. No, no, we have a very beautiful setup here. No, sorry, CEO, you were saying. So, so yeah, I, I think those were the key issues, and mm. I think 
what we are now focusing on, you may have seen uh, the the television team uh, has been going quite aggressively mm. uh, in various provinces soliciting fresh new content. content yeah, yeah. And, and that's really what we're aiming at, uh, to make sure that not only can we uh, include uh, new producers, but also to ensure that we can grow mm. our audience ratings. And remember, there is a direct correlation between mm. audience growth as well as revenue generation. Sure, sure. The other element which I found quite interesting in your annual report is your report on broad-based black economic empowerment. And uh, I think your public mandate is not only to the viewers and the listeners, but also mm. a, there's a recognition as a SOC that you must also play a role in the broader transformation of you know, the audiovisual, film, and mm. other related sectors that you operate. Mm. You've given us a list here of the companies you've subcontracted. Now, we talk a lot about Schedule 9 of the preferential procurement regulations on yes. this show um, and the Lendoka 30%. And you, you are saying here where it has been feasible for you to subcontract. Here are some of the people you've subcontracted. Um, anywhere from MV and electrical installations, which are operating here, mm-hmm. the likes of uh, Brand Campaigns, Idea Hub, which is working with Lesedi and Mshobwenene, um, Mafoku, security co- patrols out in the Eastern Cape, Kayalami, security service, uh, outdoor gardening services, mm-hmm. um, campus workspace requirements, and which is more properties and facilities. I'm seeing a lot of properties, facilities, security services here. And I think brand campaign ideas maybe is media mm. buying. Um, big amounts. Mm-hmm. Where is the subcontracting opportunities that are linked to the core of the work we do? It's actually quite diverse. I mean, a, a huge uh, spend uh, is on acquiring of uh, television content. Mm. And you would see there that uh, our partners are largely uh, black and uh, uh, women-owned companies uh, that we, we do a lot of work with. Mm. Uh, technology is the same. So it's really various streams. Uh, and, and that's what we're really pushing to mm. make sure that we can have credible suppliers that can help us to fulfill uh, our public mandate. Yeah, yeah. So so you haven't listed them here, but you, what you're suggesting is that your acquisition of content yeah. is what has effectively sort of also driven some of the subcontracting Correct. that you speak about. Correct. But I think my question is a bit different to you, which is there are certain things that aren't necessarily broadcast, mm-hmm. but that are behind the scenes, mm. um, such as the acquisition of equipment, post-production, yes. and all of those things. I don't see some of those companies here in, in this list. Yeah, I, I mm. think we can improve on that. Sure. And and it's, it's one area that uh, at an operation level that we're actually looking at. Mm-hmm. Fruitless, wasteful expenditure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in 2021, that was uh, just shy of 200 million. Um, and there's a few explanations in the annual report. And I think the public must certainly take a look at uh, how some of this has been spoken of, uh, including uh, employees uh, who might have been overpaid, content impairment, and a few other issues. Uh, but uh, a significant decline, nearly 50 million uh, worth in a reduction of uh, fruitless and wasteful expenditure that hasn't been written off. What, what has happened? I mean, have the controls become a lot harder? Look, one of the things we did um, when we dealt with some of the governance legacy issues mm. was to improve uh, internal controls. You will see, for example, when you look at fruitless uh, and wasteful expenditure, in 2020, 2020 it was standing at 27 million. Mm. It went down to about 21 and uh, the fiscal under review 
it was 10 million. So that, that is coming out of very focused engagement mm. to improve internal controls. Irregular expenditure is the sure. same thing. It was close to about 700 million in 2017. Mm. Year on year, we saw a significant decrease and uh, the latest is 91 million. Mm. And in fact, 70% of that is attributed to historical sure. transactions and issues. So th- there's really been significant yeah. work that has been done. Last one, uh, CEO, before I let you go, members of the public uh, have some questions and comments here, which I need some of your brief reflections on. Kabelo Tumelo saying, I've seen over the years the show of Scheme Sam where it increases its viewership, but when it comes to ads, it's just disappointing. It goes with some of the top shows as well. I like to believe the problem is with the advertising department. Oli Lenzoi saying, uh, Mr. Mklaakwe, why is SABC not interesting these years? Most of us in the country watch SABC only for news. Most people are using uh, the uh, DSTV. What are you learning from that? Uh, and then Katle Ho saying, uh, advise Mr. Mklaakwe to reduce third-party collection service of license fees, establish in-house internal collection processes, and progress will be made. Third-party collection fees discourage people to pay or negotiate for reasonable collection fees with third parties. Just your brief ref- reflections here. Look, it's it's all good comments. Uh, the problem with doing it in-house is the overheads mm. and, and the potential to uh, increase again uh, the the uh, the compensation bill. Turning us away is no, I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> no, those are some <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. of the those are some of the things that we're looking into. And then uh, the, the second uh, point made there is mm. we do understand what has happened in the past couple of years, and we're sure. trying to rebuild and regain mm. the credibility in the market. And uh, we do actually have compelling and quite exciting. Uh, properties on mm. our television platforms and I think uh, come back Th- that's all we can really say CEO Manbulele thank you very much and for course. taking time out and uh, yeah wish you and your team all of the best and uh, I also know you're going to have a new board soon so uh, yeah there might be new sheriffs in town all the best thank you very much Great that job. there was uh, the CEO of uh, the South African Broadcasting Corporation indeed your corporation is the public uh, as a state broadcaster is it's a public broadcaster And uh, yeah, joining us there to talk about the annual report of the SABC.